0: Welcome to Life Point with your host Pastor Tom Doherty welcome to Life Point I'm Pastor Tom Doherty and today Max Buchanan will be your host and he is associate pastor of the Cloverdale Church of God and I am glad that he's filling in for me for a little bit and Lord bless you as you listen to Pastor Max Buchanan Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome back to Life Points. I know Pastor Tom did an intro, but I am Pastor Max Buchanan. I've worked alongside Tom for the last nine years, and he is on sabbatical currently. He's been at our church for 35 years, and so we decided to give him a little bit of a break, and he's enjoying that. I actually saw him today, the day that I'm recording this, and he is doing wonderful. So don't be concerned about Pastor Tom. Tom. He is living it up, having a great time, and I am extremely excited to be with you this morning, all you LifePoint listeners. Let's go ahead and open in a word of prayer, and then we are going to get into God's word together. Lord, we come before you, and uh, as we open the scriptures, we pray that it just informs our hearts. We want to thank you just for people who serve in ministry, just so compassionately, and do it for such a long period of time like Pastor Tom, Lord. Continue to bless all the ministers in this valley and onward that are just doing your work, Lord. We just pray that you continue to give them strength and wisdom, that we would continue to stand up for God's word, that we look to you always, that we love you, and that we would continue to seek you. Lord, as we come before your word, as we open up to the book of Numbers, Lord, we pray that we just continue to fall in love with you. We pray these things in Jesus name. Amen. So this morning we are going to be in Numbers chapter Eleven numbers is kind of a a weird book to be in. I know that. I know lots of people think, okay, here comes this long, boring book. But there's actually a lot of insight that we can glean from not only the Jewish traditions, but also just from the book itself and God fulfilling His promises to His people. And so, in Numbers chapter eleven, we're up to this point where we're past the Exodus. So that's where Israel exited. That's why it's called the Exodus out of Egypt's control and rule and reign we saw how God provided we saw the plagues we saw the parting of the Red Sea and we saw how God fulfilled his promise to Israel and really as they were in Egypt uh, God fulfilled many promises they be now as they have exited they basically became a nation and they had basically the funds and the structure to do so but then we know we go through and there's some disobedience as they are uh, you know exiting and they end up worshiping a golden calf at one point and there's All this stuff that goes on to where they're in rebellion to God. And so they have to wander before they get to the promised land. And this is actually part of just the archetype story in the Old Testament that's leading us to the person of Christ. Moses is this example or what's called a type of Christ in the scriptures that's pointing us to the Christ story of the New Testament. He represents the law And the law gets them to where they can see the promised land, but they can't enter in to the promised land. We know that Joshua had to finish the job. And so after this time of wandering, they get up there, Moses croaks, and then Joshua leads them into the promised land. And Joshua, Yeshua, is actually the Hebrew name of Jesus. And so we see this as an archetype story of the law getting us to where we can look and see the insight into God and his promises, but it can't lead us heavenward that we fail in and of ourselves and we need someone to stand in that gap. And that person needs to be Jesus Christ. So it's the gospel story painted for us here in the Old Testament. But I wanted to focus in on Numbers chapter 11 this morning and read this. It says the people complained in the hearing of the Lord about their misfortune. And when the Lord heard it, his anger was kindled, and a fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed some of outlying parts of the camp. Then the people cried to Moses, and Moses prayed to the Lord, and the fire died down. So the name of the place was called Deborah, because the fire of the Lord burned among them. Now the rabble that was among them had a strong craving. And the people of Israel also wept again and said, Oh, that we had meat to eat. Remember the fish that we ate in Egypt and that it cost nothing. The cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our strength is dried up and there is nothing at all but this manna to look at. Now the manna was like coriander seed and in its appearance... Was like Bedlam, but the people went about and gathered it in the ground in its hand mills, or beat it in mortar and boiled it in pots and made cakes of it. And the taste of it was like the taste of cakes baked with oil. When the dew fell upon the camp in that night, the manna fell with it. Moses heard the people weeping throughout their clans, everyone at the door of his tent and the anger of the Lord blazed haughtily. And Moses was displeased. Moses said to the Lord, why have you dealt ill with your servants? And why have I not found favor in your sight that you lay the burden of all this people on me? Did I conceive all this people? Did I give them birth that they should say to me, carry them in your bosom as a nurse carries a nursing child to the land that they swore to give their fathers. Where am I to get meat to give to all these people for they weep before me and say, give us meat uh, that we may eat. And I am not able to carry all this people alone. The burden is too heavy for me. If you will treat me like this, kill me at once. If I find favor in your sight, that I may not see my wretchedness. And so really an interesting story here in the Old Testament, because Moses begins to, to really lament because he's feeling the burden of Israel on his shoulders. And he cries out to God. He's like, did I birth all these people? Because why? The people were continually complaining. They Hey, remember in Egypt... Yeah, we may have been enslaved, but look at all of this delicious food that we had. We had cucumbers. We had everything that we could ever want there. There was fish. We were full and we had plenty. And so Moses comes before God and he says, hey, can you give me something to make these people happy? And how come it's all on my shoulders? Are these all my children? What's the deal here? And you kind of can sympathize with Moses a little bit in this. Like day after day they get this manna and it's given to them by the Lord but then they keep remembering Egypt and they're like hey look at when we were enslaved we had so much good stuff there. And it really is kind of the the you know notable human condition that we see. I think oftentimes when we begin to believe the lies that that are are around us we're like oh man remember before we were christians and we had this and that and the other and uh you know things were going good and then i started following jesus and i know it's the right thing to do but it's you know all this stuff that looks so much better and we look at the appeal of sin almost and we look at what enslaves us Rather than seeing for what it really was. They were enslaved to Egypt. I mean, Egypt was killing their kids at one point, but they were so preoccupied with what they had there. When they get out, they don't remember the bad times that they were caught in and trapped in and enslaved. in. instead, they just say, hey, that was better than our current scenario. When in reality, it's not. I mean, they're a nation that's supposed to be governed by God. And I look at the the condition of our hearts sometimes, and I think that it goes the same way. We go, okay, remember, you know, all of these things, and I gave this up to follow Jesus. And, you know, sometimes people think, oh, it's, you know, it's not worth it to follow Jesus because I had to give so much up. And we don't remember the bad parts of being enslaved in sin. We just look at what's tantalizing to our flesh. And that's why the Bible uses such harsh language. It says that you were dead because that's what you really were. You're carrying around this dead body chained to you when you were a slave to your sin. You're set free by Jesus. And so, yeah, our life isn't going to magically get easier, but at the same time, we're no longer a part of what enslaved us. We belong to Christ. It gives us real purpose and meaning, and there's fulfillment in that. But as we jump in, the Lord really answers Moses. He says this, then the Lord said to Moses, gather for me 70 men of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and officers over them and bring them to the tent of meeting and let them take their stand there with you. And I will come down and talk with you there. And I will take some of the spirit that is on you and I will put it on them and they shall bear the burden of the people with you so that you may not bear it yourself alone. And so God hears his his cry and his prayer. He says, okay, yeah, it does feel like this weight has been placed upon your shoulders. Here's what I want you to do. Gather 70 elders, come to the tent of meeting, and I'm going to lay upon them some responsibility. I'm going to give you this structure. And what's interesting about this and the reason why we really, I really wanted to visit this chapter is because this tradition is a tradition that carries on through all of the Jewish history. I mean, you get into the New Testament and you read about Paul the Apostle and he was a member of the Sanhedrin. They laid their coats down In front of the council, which the council was a Sanhedrin, and Paul the Apostle was part of that before he was met on the road to Damascus and became a Christian. And so that's why when you get all the way through and you start reading about this council, this is the, you know, really the establishing of that Jewish Supreme Court, the Sanhedrin. This is where it comes from. It was Moses crying out to God, God giving him 70 elders plus him. And that's where their tradition comes from. There's 70 elders that made up the Sanhedrin and there would be the high priest. And so there'd be 71 total and so this is the story that lays the foundation. We're going to venture into the book of Acts here in the coming days but and talk about Paul the Apostle a little bit. And so I wanted to lay some of the framework of the tradition in which he was involved in. Well, that's about all the time we have for this morning. Let's go ahead and pray. Tune in tomorrow as we jump into Paul the Apostle and talk a little bit more about him and his life. Lord, we're grateful. Grateful for this story. Grateful for the book of Numbers, how we can spend time in it and glean and learn so much about not only these traditions, but just also what was going on at these different points in Israel's history, Lord. So we love you and we're grateful. We praise your name and thank you for Life Points. In Jesus' name. Amen. Life Point is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast or would like more information about the church, please call us at 208 208- 362 1700 or write to Cloverdale Church of God 3755 South Cloverdale Road Boise Idaho 83709 You may also visit us at our website www.cloverdalechurch.org Thank you for listening and have a blessed day